I need you to understand, my friends, that there's a strength in falling down and getting back up. Remember, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. Right, right. But you got to get back up and you got to keep on going. And when somebody tries to throw stones at you because you falling, don't even worry about that. Right. You get back up because you just live in what the Bible says. The Bible says a righteous person falls seven times. So if that individual ain't falling, that individual ain't living the Bible. Right. Because the Bible says a righteous person falls seven times. And that ain't even no literal number. You're going to fall a million times why you living here on this earth but the fact of the matter is you get back up every single time and you serve Jesus Christ good afternoon good afternoon dr. Henry I feel like you already preached the whole sermon honestly his charge was the sermon <laughs> let's go eat right now <laughs> Let's go and get to that Ipsy welcome, right? That man preached a whole sermon in his charge. He said, why am I even here today? That's all right. That's all right. To everybody, to our special guest today, definitely appreciate meeting you and being here this Sabbath, Dr. Henry, for, for being here for the installation, uh, for each and every member that is present and accounted for, for everybody who is on Zoom, YouTube, Roku, uh, whatever platform you are viewing on today. Uh, I, the pastor of the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist, you know, I had to throw that up in there. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I say, I say good morning, good afternoon, and happy Sabbath to each and every individual. And thank you to my son for coming up front. He is a, he's shy. You know, when you, when, when, when people see me, and you see me run around and fly around, and trust me, you're going to see it. A lot of people tend to think my children are the exact same way. Please don't place on my son my personality. Is that all right? Let Andrew be Andrew. Andrew is not Aaron or Dr. Pastor Chancy. We have two different personalities, but he's a sweet, sweet, sweet. Look at him right there. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just embarrassing him right now, and I just said he was shy. <laughs> That's all right. Now, before I get into the message for today, my message won't be long, um, being that I understand on installation days, uh, you know, things tend to go just a little bit longer. Um, but I do pray that you get a blessing from the word. A few things that I want to mention and highlight. The first one. I think for about the last six weeks, how many weeks did I say? Either five or six weeks, I've been in prayer meeting for the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, some of y'all saying amen, but I ain't seen y'all. That's the point that I'm trying to get to. That's the exact point I'm trying to get to. You're saying amen to me. I want to say amen to seeing you on prayer meeting. Prayer meeting, from what I've seen thus far, is not here at the church. It's on Zoom. Any of y'all got a phone? I ain't talking about a landline, a telephone. Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. It's all right. I ain't going to bite it off. That means you can download the Zoom app. Or you can get on your computer or whatever methodology you need to use. But I should be seeing you on Zoom for prayer meeting. Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. It's literally one hour. If you want to lay in your bed in your pajamas, just turn your camera off. 
push mute on the microphone and go on and listen in. Is that all right? Now, I'm going to hold y'all to that because y'all just sit out right here in the church right now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to hold y'all to that. And if I don't see y'all on this Wednesday, I'm going to talk about it again next week and the week after. And trust me, I'm coming to your houses, so I'm going to bring it up over there too. Is that all right? That's all right. That's all right. Wednesday nights, we're going to start covering uh, the book of Revelation. What book did I say? We are going to do a verse by verse study of the book of Revelation. We are going to start at Revelation chapter one, verses one. There was a time when Seventh-day Adventists were known as people of the book. There was a time when we knew Daniel and Revelation like the back of our hand. Now, many of us do not understand what is transpiring in the books of Daniel and Revelation. And so we will be going through a verse by verse. I'm in no hurry. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. Uh, 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 the good doctor, he already mentioned I'm going to be here for a few years. So we got time, folks. So I need y'all to log on and get some of this Wednesday night prayer meeting as we study the book of Revelation. Is that all right? Amen, amen. Don't worry, I got a few more bones to pick before we actually get to the word, right? The second thing, I am an individual who believes in Sabbath school. This is my third time at this church. I've been here each of those Sabbaths for Sabbath school. My son and I were here this morning at roughly 8.38 a.m., Standing outside that door with, where's my good sister? Where did she go? Oh, she might have stepped out. We were outside standing waiting for somebody to open the door for us this morning. You see, me and my son, we came to get us some breakfast this morning. At This is right there. At 9 a.m. And then we were going to transition right into Sabbath school. But I didn't see all of y'all here. Ooh, it got quiet. It got quiet, Dr. Henry. It got quiet, Dr. Henry. Folks, there's breakfast here every Sabbath morning. That means you ain't got to pay for your own breakfast. You can come and eat this breakfast and then get some good old Sabbath school lesson together with the church family. Is that all right? You will see me here every single Sabbath for Sabbath school. Unless there's some cataclysmic event, you're going to see me here for Sabbath school. I want to see you here for Sabbath school as well. Is that all right? All right. All right. That'll work. That'll work. Now, every Wednesday, in addition to uh, prayer meeting, every Wednesday, I'm going to be making hospital and home visits. Y'all remember when Jesus was walking and uh, he saw Zacchaeus in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. Right. I am going to be coming over to your house either a randomly, either b by a phone call or a text message. Or C, well, we'll just have to figure out C, but I'm coming to your house. I am one of those individuals that believe in visiting. I'm going to go to the hospitals. I'm going to go to the ho uh, houses. I'm going to go to the jails. I'm going to go to the prison. I'm going to go wherever I can go. And I'm going to set up a schedule with the elders so we can go together, right? But I am coming to visit. If you happen to not be home, I will leave a note on your door, but you're going to know that I came by your house because I do not want you to be able to say, Pastor Chancey, he don't do no visiting. That ain't the case. You just wasn't home, but I left you a note. Amen. So I will definitely be coming to visit. And if there's somebody that you want me to visit, somebody who may not be a member of this church, please let me know. 
I am more than welcomed and excited to go visit that, those individuals. Also, every Thursday, this was before our meeting. We just had our pastoral meeting this, this Wednesday. I didn't know y'all were going to say everything about visiting schools and all that stuff. Myself and the principal, we've already been talking. <laughs> you want me to say that part? All right. So part of, no, I'm not going to say that part. I'm going to say what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what I'm going to do. I sent a text message to Sister Lynette, correct? I sent a text message to Sister Lynette way back in December. This was before anything I knew about in the meeting. Way back in December, because I want to be a part of Peterson Warren Adventist Academy. For those that don't know, that is the church school in Inkster, right? I got it right. That is the church school, the Seventh-day Adventist church school in Inkster, Michigan, right? I then sent her another message early Wednesday morning, I think it was, right? And said, I'm going to be at the church school on Thursday. Can I come for several hours to just interact with the kids? See, you guys said a few hours for the month. My thing is a few hours every single week, right? I'm going to be at the church school. If you happen to call me and I miss a call, trust, I'm not at home watching ESPN. And I love sports. I'm not at home just sitting there watching TV. That's not what God has called me to do. I will be at the church school. I will be at your homes. I will be in the community. I will be visiting around. You don't have to worry about what is Pastor Chancey doing right now. Matter of fact, I think everybody has my schedule, right? Everybody has my schedule. And if you don't, it's posted on the door right there. But I will be at the church school, and I will be there this Thursday morning if you need me to clean. If, it doesn't matter what you need me to do. Shovel snow. It makes no difference. I'll be there. Amen. Last thing that I want to say, very last, very last thing that I want to say, most Sunday mornings, I understand that we have board meeting and different things like that, but most Sunday mornings, you're going to find me joining other individuals' churches. I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to hang out with you guys. Is that all right? That's all right. I'm not, I'm not asking to come and preach at your church. I'm just coming to fellowship with you guys. Is that all right? That is all right. I'm going to go around to the different churches. I've been scouting some of them out around here, close by the church, and I am going to visit other churches. It's just something I like to do. Is that all right with you guys? Amen, amen, amen. Now, now that I've got those few things out of the way, y'all ready to hop into the Word now? All right. Well, he already preached the sermon. Y'all ready to go eat now? <laughs> All right, let us pray and, and, and hop into things. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you be with us these next few moments. In Christ's most precious name I pray, amen and amen. amen. Y'all know what this is? Well, it has a little note on it, so... Can anybody read this note? I'm going to walk fast because you're trying to read too close to my note. Can y'all can y'all read my note? What is this that I have in my hand? Y'all think it's a basketball, don't you? See, that's what you think it is. You think it's a basketball. It's actually not a basketball. It's not a basketball. Y'all see how it bounces, though? It's not a basketball. This is a good Christian right here. This right here is a good Christian. Oh, don't worry, it might not make sense to you right now, but by the end of this sermon, it's going to make some sense to you. This right here is a good Christian. You see how it goes down, but it comes back up? 
You see how I push it down and it comes back up? Imagine for one second if this ball was flat. Y'all ever tried playing basketball with a flat basketball? Y'all must have had money for basketballs your whole life. They done... <laughs> Y'all always had money for a good basketball. Y'all don't remember just a flat old basketball that was just sitting out there in the yard and all you could do was really kick it because it didn't have no air. You pick it up and all it would do is stay like that. Y'all know that kind of basketball? All right. A good basketball It's like a good Christian. It's going to go down, but it's going to come back up. It's going to go down and it's going to come back up, right? Yeah. That old flat that ball, it's gonna stay just right there. It's gonna fall and it's gonna stay. But that good old Christian, it's gonna do just like that. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick. We're gonna go to Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 to 75. And anybody in here that play basketball, just let me know. We can get a game on one-on-one anytime you like. You just let me know that. Is that all right? Let me set that right there. There you go. Now, I'm not that good at any sport, really. However, I'm gonna talk like I am. Understand me? So I need you to understand that about me. I am gonna run my mouth. I may not be great at any one of them sports, but I'm gonna talk like I'm Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, all one trust me on that Matthew chapter 26 verse 69 and 75 y'all there that was three and a half people don't wait for it on the screen turn with me in your Bibles real quick go to your Bibles go to your iPads go to your tablets go to your cell phones whatever it is you have is everybody there say amen I trust that you're there now let's go Matthew 26 verse 69 reading from the New King James Version it says this now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you were saying. Oh, buddy, and started lying through his teeth. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 72, but again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know that man. He lies again. Verse 73, and a little later, those who had stood by came up and said to Peter, surely, surely, you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and to swear saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. But Peter now had lied the third time. Verse 75, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you would deny me three whole times. So then Peter goes out and he weeps bitterly. Speak to you from the title, Bounce back bounce back now based on the urban dictionary right some of you may not be familiar with the urban dictionary but if you go on good old google right if you go on good old google for those that uh, are, are not are not styled and fashioned in good old ebonics right you can go on to google and you could type in the phrase bounce back Right. And, and Google is going to give you in the Urban Dictionary what bounce back means. And it simply means this to make a comeback after 
falling off to get back in the game, a.k.a. you bounce back. Give you some information on Peter. Number one, Peter was a fisherman by trade until Jesus came and said to him, you know what, Peter, let's go now fish for men. He was married, though much isn't said about his marital life. There's only one or two verses in the Bible that have some information on his wife. Number three, Peter was outspoken with a big mouth, always ready to speak what was on his mind. Peter always had something to say. You ever met them people that ain't short on words? You got those people who are short on words that can't form a word to save their life. But then you got those individuals that got every word for you and they're ready to tell you all of them words. That's Peter. That's Peter, right? See, sometimes you got to look at these Bible characters and you got to look at uh, uh, what they've done and how they active and ask yourself, Jesus, are you serious? But then when you look at it, it says, man, there's room enough in the kingdom for me. There is room enough in the kingdom for me. And so Peter, he had a big outspoken mouth ready to say what was on his mind. But also Peter would lash out. Hence, he grabbed a sword and, he, and we find him in the Bible where he's cutting a man's ear completely off. Right. He, he, Peter was a natural born leader. You've got some people that 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 are not natural born leaders. You've got some individuals that just know how to lead. It's in them. And Peter was one of them. Yes, Peter was rough around the edges which always gives me hope because I tend to be rough around the edges, right? So was Peter, right? But also Peter, he left everything to follow Jesus. He left comfort. He left ease. He left his trade because remember Jesus said, foxes have holes, but I ain't got nowhere to lay my head. Yes, I got a doctorate. And yes, I know how to talk, but I want to say ain't. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Let's just see if we got some simplified people in here with me today. Amen. But he leaves everything. He says, you know what? I am going to walk away from the security. I'm going to walk away from where I know I can get my money and I'm going to follow this Jesus that has no house, that has no car, that has no money, that has nothing. But I am going to give my all to this Jesus. Where do you find yourself in there? What have you given up for master lately? You see, it's easy to say these things and preach these things, but is your bank account still the same as it was 20 years ago because you've given nothing to further the gospel? Right? It's easy to talk these things, but when, but when it's time to put our money where our mouth is, what do we do? See, Peter, he left it all. Also, we find in the Bible that Peter's name means rock or stone. He was part of Jesus' inner circle within the 12 disciples. You had James, you had John, and you had Peter. Do you understand this? You see, I got to give you the setup real quick. You see, Peter was one of the disciples. He's one of the 12. He's one of the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist church members. But then you got the board of elders. But then you got the head elder. See, we just a little bit closer. Me and me and the head elder, we just had a few more conversations than I've had with anybody in this church. Peter was one of the ones that is super close with Jesus. He right here with him. He can I rub your shoulder a little bit? He rubbing shoulders with Jesus. 
You can imagine, you can imagine disciples in their humanness if that was some of us. Why he always get to, you, can't you see he always got something negative to say? Can't you see he's always running his mouth or something? Why does he get to be next to Jesus? There's a quote in the book, Great Controversy. I find this quote very fascinating. This quote says, and I'm going to paraphrase, those who those who Jesus has worked the most for in their lives are closer to the throne in heaven. You see, some of us just need to be a little bit closer. You see, some, some of y'all are at a, at, at a place where you can be a little bit off and you're good to go. But there are some of us like little old Peter that just needed to be a little closer to Jesus to get a little bit more Jesus rubbed off. But here's the thing. You don't have to worry about it because God's got you too. God had Peter. God had James, God had John, God had every single one of their disciples, but Peter was part of that inner circle. Peter, he walked on water towards Jesus. You don't see any other disciple doing that. Peter, Peter literally hops out of the boat in the middle of the storm. He gets out of the boat and he's literally, any of y'all ever tried walking on water before? Half of y'all don't even drink water. Who was up there talking about drinking water this morning? That, was that you talking about drinking water? No, you was talking about not eating chocolate no more because you was fasting. Who was talking about, yeah, that was you up there talking about not drinking water, right? See, 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 some of y'all ain't even drinking water, but here's old Peter walking on water. Can you, can you imagine in the middle of a storm when, when the wind is blowing, the waves are going, and this little boat is being tossed to and fro, and here comes Peter stepping out of the boat, and he's walking to his master. Forget the part right now where he begins to sink because he takes his eyes off Jesus. Just the fact that he steps out of the boat and begins to walk on water. No other disciple did that. Also, he, he along with the other disciples had been given power to heal and power to perform miracles. They could do things that you and I couldn't do. Have you ever read the book of Acts where you see where the disciples are passing by and their, and their literal shadow was healing individuals? When is the last time your shadow healed anybody? These individuals so filled with the power of the Holy Ghost that they could literally walk by and the shadow had the power to heal. Peter given this power to heal and perform miracles. And lastly, Peter denied Jesus three times. The same Peter who's walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus. This same Peter who was given power. This same Peter who's part of the inner circle. This same Peter denies. Any of y'all ever had a friend turn on you before? You, you, you had a friend turn on you before, right? Now, let me say this. I have three adult felonies. How many felonies do I have? Sorry, two adult felonies, one juvenile felony. I have three felonies. Each one of those I've served time for. Each one of those felonies, I committed the crime. Did y'all hear me say that? I committed the crime and I did the time. But you know, do you know how I got caught for each one of those? Somebody in my inner circle. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> Somebody done busted out with snitch. Let me explain something to you. 
When you're, when you're hanging out with a friend every single day, and then your friend turns on you, it's a hard feeling to grapple. So you can imagine, you can imagine this, this Jesus even in his humanness, this, this Peter who's part of the inner circle, who has walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, slept near Jesus, who was in the garden of Gethsemane with Jesus, watching him sweat great drops of blood, who was all along for three and a half years with him, denies him. I never knew him. But to be on the receiving end, now imagine this, you the money man of the church. <laughs> imagine I give you a million dollars right now. I ain't got it, I'm a million short of a million. That means I don't have any of it just to let y'all know if y'all ain't got that. Let's say for instance, I give you a million dollars, completely hypothetical. I give you a million dollars and, I, and, and, and then somebody asks, who gave you this million dollars? And you deny me after I've blood, give my blood and sweat and tears to give you this million dollars and I don't have anything left. I've given you everything. And you deny my very existence. You see, sometimes we, we read these texts and we just go over them. But do you understand how hard that had to be for Jesus in his 100% humanity to literally hear Peter, I don't know him. While Peter denied Jesus, the process surrounding is key to the bounce back. I need you to understand that. While Peter, yes, denied Jesus, the process surrounding everything is key to him bouncing back. What do I mean by that? Now, number one, Peter denies Jesus with cursing and swearing. Y'all saw that in the Bible, right? Y'all saw that in your Bible text, right? The Bible said that he was cursing and that he was swearing. Now, this type of cursing, right? Let me, let me, let me stop right there for one second. We tend to take what we see in the Bible which especially this is the New Testament, this is Greek, and we start to define Greek words with Webster's Dictionary. Right? We, we take Hebrew words from the Old Testament and then we run to Webster's Dictionary to give us the definition to the translation of the word in English, but that's not the Hebrew, right? Don't worry, I'll be having a class for you soon called Bible U, where we will go over basic Hebrew, basic Greek. I actually love those things. We will go through some of these things so that you can have a deeper understanding of the word of God. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. So Peter denies Jesus with cursing and swearing, right? Now, this type of cursing, this type of cursing was when a person would be accused of something, they would then take a legal stance to say, in fact, legally, I did not do something. So Peter is saying, legally, I do not know Jesus. 
I never knew Jesus. It's similar to how today when one testifies in court. I know you good people haven't been to court, but maybe y'all watch like Law and Order or CSI or, you know, some of those shows like that. So, 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 so maybe you can get it from there. But, but, but you remember seeing those shows and one testifies in court. And what are they told? Put your hand on the Bible, put your other hand up, and you're supposed to tell the whole truth, right? And nothing but the truth, so help you God. And they get the lying out the middle of their teeth. Y'all know it. I hope y'all don't know it because y'all did it. Amen, somebody. Now, now, now. So, 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 the, the, what, what Peter does is in essence the exact same thing. The person stands in court. They say, I want you to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Peter is in essence placing his hand on that very Bible and testifying that he is telling the truth when in fact he's telling a lie. That's, that's that cursing. That's that cursing. Literally like, here go my Bible right here. Placing your hand on the Bible, I promise to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And he's lying. That's what, that's what, Peter, that's what Peter's doing. Oh, sorry. That's what, that's what Peter's doing. But also, folks, but also it was believed that when one would call down curses, as Peter did, when one would call down curses, if they were lying, they would be calling down curses literally on themselves, which would cause God to pour out his wrath on that person. So when you see in the text where it says there was cursing and there was swearing, he's literally calling a curse down on himself but he's lying at the same time on the hands of the bible he's lying right he's he's lying so 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 with peter cursing watch this with peter cursing and swearing the belief would have been that peter is calling down because remember he cursed and he swore the belief would have been that peter is now calling down a double portion not a single portion a double portion of god's wrath upon himself all the while while lying but Peter was willing to go this length in his denial to get those around him to believe him. Y'all are familiar with the phrases. You ever, you ever heard a person say, I swear on my mama. Y'all ever, ever heard that before? Other than, thank you very much. Other than one person in here, y'all ever heard that phrase before? I swear on my mama, I'm telling the truth. I swear on my daddy, I'm telling the truth. I swear on my dead cousin, I'm telling the truth. You know, they start putting everything on everybody who's dead and alive and all the rest of this stuff. And, and they do it with such intensity because they know they're lying, but they have to give more intensity to try to make you believe it. That's exactly what Peter's doing. See, some of y'all done did that. That's why you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some, some of y'all know exactly what I'm, hey, hey, but, but you also know, you, you, you remember how when people say, if I'm lying, I'm frying? If, if, if I'm li and then what do you do? When, when, when you tell them, if I'm lying, I'm frying, what do you do? You step back just a little bit, just in case they get hit by lightning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know they lying. But they gonna put, yeah, see, y'all saying that's true because you know it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. If I'm lying, I'm flying. If I'm lying, I'm frying. And you step back right then because they done put all this on their dead mama grave and all the rest of it. And they tried to convince you, but they're lying. That's Peter. 
That is Peter literally in this instance. He's literally lying through all 32 or however many teeth that man had in his mouth. He's lying through every last one of them right now. Three times. More of the method of Peter's denial. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me give, let me give you some more. You see, in the Greek, the word deny, as what Peter did, we see in the Bible, Peter denied him three times. The word in the Greek deny means that Peter literally disowned Jesus. I'm not going to ask y'all in here if you've ever had to disown your children or if you've ever been disowned by your father, your mother, or anything like that. But when you are disowned in Bible times, that means you no longer receive the inheritance. That means you get nothing. You have literally been disowned. You get no car, you get no house, you get no land, you get no money, you get nothing. You have severed complete ties 100%. That says, I'm going this way, you go that way. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And that's how Peter was denying Jesus. After three and a half years of hanging with Jesus. Imagine. Imagine you've been married to your spouse for 10 years and one, one day they wake up and say, I don't know you, I'm leaving, I'm out. Imagine the pain, the hurt, the anguish when they step away from you. I don't know you, I never know knowed you and I don't want anything to do with you. Peter has now disowned Jesus, the one who's given him the power to tread on serpents, the one who has given him the power to heal, the one who has given him so much over this time, who has let him see the very character of God's dear son now says, I don't know you, three times. Peter, my friends, he lies in his denial. Peter, who was one of the inner 12, followed Jesus at a distance as Jesus was being taken off. Mind you, this is the same Peter that said just a few verses either earlier, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. See, Peter didn't even know what he was saying. Jesus was sitting there trying to tell him. Remember, Peter always had to run his mouth. You see those individuals that always want to run their mouth? Y'all know there's something, there's a difference between uh, uh, listening to respond and listening to understand. See, most of us are ready just to open up our mouths and respond to what we hear or defend ourselves. Jesus is trying to literally tell Peter, this is what you're about to do. Peter then busts out, ha, no, that's not true. I will never deny you. And then a few verses later, what do you see? He's literally trying to Tell him, even in, 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 in all of this, you are going to deny me. Y'all realize some things that we say, we think we mean, right? Some things we say that we think we mean or, or we want to mean it, but when the rubber meets the road is when everything gets tested. Oh yeah, it's easy being a Christian right now. See, it's easy being a Christian when you ain't being tested on nothing. It's easy being a Christian when nobody is knocking on your door, hair, newsflash, National Sunday Law. It's easy being a Christian right now, but when somebody says denounce or go to prison, what you going to do about it? It's easy right now, folks. 
It is easy right now, but when the rubber meets the road is when everything gets tested. Mike Tyson once said, right? Mike Tyson once told a reporter when he was preparing to fight Evander Holyfield, he said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I don't know if y'all ever used to watch Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Riddick Bow. You know, man, they, they were some powerful hitters. Everybody got a plan until they get hit in that mouth. When you get hit in that mouth and you get stunned and all your plan goes out the window and you just trying to figure out how do I survive one round. <laughs> I don't know if y'all ever been in no fights before, but listen, when you get stung in the face and you wouldn't expect, man, you rethink everything in life, right? And that often happens in Christianity too, right? When that rubber meets the road, but you get punched so hard in the mouth. Whoa, man, I, I, thought I, was, I thought I was a strong Christian. I thought I was a good Christian. I thought that, man, but you got hit with one of them haymakers. Y'all know what them hay, you got hit with a haymaker, an uppercut or something that just rocked your whole world, right? Something that knocked you into a concussion or knocked you back into your senses, one of the two. But in life, there are those times where you get hit in the mouth so hard that you find yourself just like Peter, denying good old Jesus. It doesn't have to happen, though. It doesn't have to happen, right? After Peter's denial, he, he, he then receives this penetrating look from Jesus. It's found in Luke twenty two sixty one. 61. You don't got to go there. I'm going to read it to you. Jesus looks at Peter with a penetrating look. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. You can imagine the pain, the shame, the hurt that Peter was feeling as he felt the all-powerful eyes of Jesus penetrating within his soul. He had just denied his master who he loves. You ever stared at a person eye to eye and looked into them eyes and sometimes it's so painful you gotta turn away for a little bit? You can imagine this is the creator. This is the one that got on his proverbial hands and knees and formed you and molded you and shaped you and stood you up and breathed the breath of life into your nostrils, right? And he literally stares into your soul. You denied me three times. And you can imagine, Peter's now feeling it. He's feeling it all in his heart. It's gone beyond intellectual. Now it's hit the heart so hard. It's hit him so hard that he, he, he doesn't know what to do. And all he can do, as the Bible says, is he weeps bitterly. Loudmouth Peter ain't got nothing to say now. Talk back Peter ain't got nothing to say now. He ain't got nothing to say. He's been hit in the mouth so hard. Talk back Peter ain't got nothing to say. Peter leaves the location. The Bible says he wept bitterly. Now, imagine that gut-wrenching, the gut-wrenching tears that flowed from the eyes of Peter as he cried and he screamed from the very pits of his stomach. I don't know if you've ever had one of those emotional cries before. You see, emotional cries are different than victory cries. They're different than simple pain cries like you stubbed your toe or you know how like every now and again you hit your thumb toe on the, the door somewhere just to remind you have a thumb toe and a pinky toe, right? It's not that kind of cry. That emotional cry is that gut cry. 
It's that gut cry that where you cry all night long and you and your eyes are bloodshot red and you have no more energy left. All of your power has gone out of you because you've literally cried everything that you have out of you. That's what Peter was doing. He wept bitterly and he, you can imagine, oh, I've denied my master. I've denied him. I loved him. I thought this and I thought that. And oh, the shame and the anguish that he feels. That emotional cry, my friends, will devastate you and it'll zap all of that energy out of you. That's what Peter cried. While Peter didn't understand what was going to happen, Jesus, in fact, did. And he already made provision for him. You see, here's, here's, the, here's the good thing about God. See, see, see God is one, and I, I, I heard somebody say it on prayer meeting where some of y'all weren't at. Let me just throw that in Wednesday night. But see, 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 we can see down the street, right? But God can see around the corner. Right, right, right. See, 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 I can see from here to that exit sign, and if I take off my glasses, I can't see nothing right now, right? But, 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 but Jesus can see all the way down Adam Street, around that corner, around that corner, and all the rest of the corners all at the same exact time, right? And, and he can see what is going to transpire. So even though Jesus knew what was about to happen, he already made provision for Peter, right? That's the kind of God we serve. Look what Luke 22, verse 31 and 32 says. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned, I know you've gone way over here, Peter. But when you return, when you come back to me, I need you to strengthen your brethren. I need you to offer support to your brethren. I need you to offer leadership to your brethren. I know you're going to go way over in a far distant land. But when you come back, because I've prayed for you. You see, even though God sees around them corners and he knows what you're going to be doing around them corners, he already says, I've got on my knees and I've prayed for you and I prayed for you and I prayed for you and I prayed for you and he's prayed for me. He's prayed for every single last one of us. And when we return, go strengthen your brethren. And your sister in, right? Go strengthen them, right? I need someone to understand it here today that has backslidden, right? Don't think that y'all are just holy rolling. Hold on one second. Let, can I pinch you real quick? You ain't going to sue me if I pinch you, right? All right, I pinched you just now. Can I pinch you real quick? You ain't going to sue me, are you? All right, I pinched you real quick. Can I pinch you? You ain't going to sue me? All right, I'm going to pinch you. Yeah, I'm going to get you too because you wasn't eating chocolate. Praise the Lord. Amen. I decided to pinch you. I'm going to pinch you. I'm going to pinch you. I'm going to pinch you. Everybody that I pinched just now, did you feel that pinch? Did you feel that pinch? Amen. That means you're still on earth with me. That means you're still a sinner down here with me. Is that all right? That's all right. So before you think to start throwing stones at me, pinch yourself and realize you are right here with good old me. So I need to talk to everybody who is backslidden in their lives at some point or another, because I know I have, right? I need somebody to understand who has stepped away from Jesus for a moment that Jesus has prayed for you. He already knew you was going to backslide. 
He already knew you was going to step away. He already knew you was going to deny him. But he still said, I'm going to fall on my knees and I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to pray for this individual. And when you come back, strengthen your brethren. You see, my friends, the devil wants you. He, he wants you so bad, he's just like he wanted Peter. But Jesus says, I've prayed for you. And watch what the Bible says in James 5. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous avail as much. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know a single person on this earth that is more righteous than Jesus Christ. Do you know somebody like that? And if you say yes, you're lying on the Sabbath day. Somebody in here better not lie today, right? And so, and so if Jesus has prayed for us and he's the most righteous individual it don't get no better than that that means you can bounce back from anything anything that you have been through Jesus says I pray for you the Bible says the prayers of the righteous avail as much John 17 says I pray for them and this is Jesus talking y'all know all the little letters in red right I, I, I pray for them I do not pray for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours put your name right in that Put your name right in that. He's prayed for you, even though you're going to backslide tomorrow, even though you backslid a year ago. He says, I've prayed for you. 2,000 years ago, I was on my knees, and I prayed for you. I seen you, and I prayed for you. But not only, my friends, does Jesus pray for us, the Bible says in Romans 8 that he's at the very right hand of God interceding for us. Can you imagine this courtroom scene where you've committed all manner of sin, you've done everything wrong in life, pinch yourself, you're still on earth right here with me, and then here's Jesus standing at the right hand, and the right hand represents favor, and he's standing right at the right hand of God, and he's interceding for every last one of us. Every last one of us, he is making intercession for. Though we're sinners, though we're messed up, though we do wrong things, though we deny the power of Jesus in our lives by the choices and the actions, this same Jesus says, I've prayed for you, and when you return unto me, strengthen those around you. I need you to understand, my friends, that there's a strength in falling down. And getting back up. Remember, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, right? Right. But you gotta get back up and you gotta keep on going. And when somebody tries to throw stones at you because you've fallen, don't even worry about that, right? You get back up because you just live in what the Bible says. The Bible says a righteous person falls seven times. So if that individual ain't falling, that individual ain't living the Bible, right? Because the Bible says a righteous person fall seven times and that ain't even no literal number you're gonna fall a million times while you living here on this earth but the fact of the matter is you get back up every single time and you serve Jesus Christ I also need to understand that Peter's bounce back wasn't just a coming back to the 12 
right? Or I should say 11 because Judas was already hanging himself out there, right? I, I need you to understand that his bounce back wasn't just coming back to the discipleship, right? It wasn't that. No, indeed, his bounce back was about to take him into a whole nother stratosphere of ministry, right? His bounce back was about to take him to a whole nother level. Watch the bounce back real quick. I need y'all to watch this bounce back. And remember, based on the Urban Dictionary, the term bounce back means to make a comeback after falling off to get back in the game, a.k.a. You do what? Y'all listening. Amen to that. Now watch, 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 watch the bounce back real quick. Watch the bounce back. Peter is the first disciple to see Jesus resurrection. That's Luke 24, 34. We're talking about the bounce back, right? Peter is charged by Jesus to feed the sheep. That's John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. We're talking about the bounce back right there. Peter writes first and second Peter in the Bible. We're talking about the bounce back. Do any of y'all in here have a, a, a book in the Bible? Any of y'all? Not a one of us got a book in the Bible, but old falling off, old loudmouth, old messed up disciple Peter got two books in the Bible. This individual that Satan desired to shift his wheat, sift his wheat, he's got two books in the Bible. First Peter, second Peter, and they named after his name. That's like me having first Aaron, second Aaron, all in the Bible. I ain't got no book up in the Bible, understand me? And most of y'all just know my name for making a golden calf and leading folk astray, right? Nah, nah, that ain't, gonna, that ain't me, right? So, 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 Peter, Peter, he, he writes the first, first and second Peter in the Bible. That's part of his bounce back, right? You then have where Peter gives the gospel to Mark to write the gospel of Mark. He literally tells him, put this in there, put this in there. Part of his bounce back. Peter baptizes. When the last time you baptized a thousand people in a day? I ain't did that neither. Any of y'all baptized a thousand people in a day? Let me go to the pastor's corner over here. Pastor's corner, y'all baptized a thousand in a day? All right, we got, we got work to do. We got work to do. Where's my other, where the head held at? Where he go? He ain't baptized, I know he ain't baptized a thousand people in one day, right? All right. But this is old Peter who's fallen off, who's denied his master, but part of his bounce back is Peter's out there baptizing thousands. In one day, we talking about the bounce back, y'all. Peter preaches mightily, the bounce back. Peter heals the lame. When the last time you touched anybody like this and they just got up and, and they was completely healed? When the last time you touched a quadriplegic and they was just now out there walking around? When the last time you did it? That's part of Peter's bounce back, right? Peter is healing individuals. Peter's broken out of prison. By Listen, I spent time in prison. Ain't no angel broke me out of prison, right? But Peter, but, but I sat there. I sat there just to do my time right but but Peter's broken out of prison by angels we talking about the bounce back Peter's crucified upside down because he didn't think he was worthy to die right side up like Jesus we talking about the bounce back folks we're talking about being that good Christian that when you get knocked down, you keep on getting up and you keep on bouncing that's what we're talking about folks the bounce back don't be that flat dead Christian that when you fall down, you stay down there like that. Be that Christian that when you get hit, you keep on bouncing back. Be that Christian that keeps on bouncing back, folks. See, 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 I need you to get this, Ipsy. I need you to understand it. Don't worry, I'm almost done. I need you to get this, get this, Ipsy. Don't let your fall down keep you down. Bounce back. Don't let that fall down keep you down, Ipsy. You bounce back. Don't let Satan beat you down to where you stay down, Ipsy. You bounce back. Don't get so discouraged when you fail that you stay falling. Ipsy, I need you to bounce back. No matter what happens. 
We bounce back. You see, Jesus is in the saving and reinstating business. Jesus in his infinite hand will bounce you back and take you to higher heights than you could ever imagine. You see, it wasn't Peter's doing that bounced himself back. It was Jesus that bounced him back. You can go out there and you can do all the stuff you want to do. But it's Jesus that does the bouncing back, folks. It's literally Jesus who does the bouncing back, my friends. You see, not only was Peter bounced back by Jesus because he prayed for him, but he was also restored by Jesus. You see, oftentimes as human beings, we only give people one chance and then we cut them off. You got one chance, you messed up, you out the door. That's how we live. Oh, but that ain't what we want from God. You see, God realizes that you're going to mess up about 562,000 times in one day. And you know what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So why is it, Ipsy, that we struggle to forgive when Jesus, the one we serve, is in the restoration business, in the forgiving business, and he's in the reinstating business? I need you to be like that basketball, Ipsy, no matter what you go through. Bounce back in the name of Jesus. If it's a loss of job, bounce back. If it's loss of a child, bounce back. If it's a failed marriage, bounce back. If it's failing in school, bounce back. You bounce back. Your bounce back can be, can be greater than your fall down, Ipsy. Your fall down doesn't have to be the end of your story. Your bounce back can glorify Jesus. No matter what, Ipsy, no matter what we go through as a church, we're going to bounce back through the power of Jesus Christ. In closing, I want to read these lyrics to you, these simple lyrics. It goes like this. It says, and you know the song, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves me and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver, make of my troubles quickly an end. Oh, how the world to evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus and he will help me over the world, the victory to win. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. No matter how far you fall, no matter how far you fall, saints of God, let Jesus bounce you back. No matter how far you fall, and I know we've all taken some falls, some hits, some hurts, some hates in our life. And we're going to go through them. We're going to go through the ups and downs over the years. But let, let, let Jesus be our true rock. Let Jesus be that, that one that brings us back. When you're tempted to gossip, remember Jesus. When you're tempted to, to do something you shouldn't, remember Jesus. When you're tempted to, to, to start all manner of foolery in the church, Remember Jesus.
and remember that penetrating look he gave Peter. We looked at him and he didn't have to say a word. But Peter knew from a look that Peter had messed up. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are sinners. We have often been that Peter that has fallen and fallen and fallen. And Lord, it is only by your mighty hand that you've bounced us back. Help us, Heavenly Father, to lean on you for every single thing. When we're tempted to hate, when we're tempted to complain, when we're tempted to, to, to talk all manner of foolishness, help us to remember your name in your face. And Lord, when we're tempted to walk away from all of this, I pray we remember that Jesus prayed for us. And when we return, strengthen our brothers. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen.